Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town. Uh, this is the third episode of the Sadness Town podcast. I've been on, can I even call it hiatus when I've only had two episodes so far? Uh, I haven't done anything for two months. Uh, I've been recording episodes, but uh, I haven't released any because I've just been trying to figure out a regular release schedule for this thing. Uh, I'm doing two a month starting this month. Uh, I, I'm no longer doing them at uh, Beer Baron. This is gonna, the one you're going to hear is the last one I recorded there. Uh, but now I'm doing every last Saturday of the month at the Bathtub Republic in Columbia Heights in D.C. Uh, that's a house venue uh, on 11th Street. Um, so the, the next few episodes that you're going to hear after this one are going to be from there, but I don't, I don't want to get into too much of that. I just want to give you some dates coming up, uh, September 9th, which is this Tuesday. I'm going to be doing a live podcast at Little Miss Whiskey's on H street Northeast. Uh, and my guest for that is going to be Bent Washburn. Who's a, a tremendous comic. One of my absolute favorites. Uh, he, he's appeared on Conan and I, I'm very lucky to have him. Um, and then uh, after that, I'm going to, at the end of this month, this one's going to be a Friday at Bathtub Republic. It's September 26th, and that's with the very funny English fella, Chris Milner. Uh, he's going to come say hello at you. Uh, and then uh, next month, I'm going to be taking the show to Baltimore on October 8th, or on October 16th, rather. I'm going to be recording at the Auto Bar in Baltimore with Josh Kaderna. Um, so that's all that boring shit. Let's get straight into this episode. This one I recorded at Beer Baron, like I said, on June 25th. My guest was Andy Klein, who's a great, uh, DC comic and a really smart, funny guy. Uh, and this was my first episode doing, uh, Sadness Town with someone who's a little bit older than me. So it was kind of fun to get into some shit from the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, but I, I just want to get straight into that. So, uh, as always, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, you can email me at davidsadnesstown at gmail.com. Sorry about all the plugs. Here's me and Andy Klein. Welcome to Sadness Town. Third episode of this live podcast. I'm just doing the next one in my bedroom. Uh, and you're still invited. Make up your mind on that later if you need to. Oh. Like to open this meeting with a traditional reading of the Sadness Town Charter. Item number one. This is a safe space. We're here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. Item number two. You were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward, slow-motion car wreck of a human being, and so was everybody else. Any pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three. At the end of the show, Everybody hugs. No exceptions. I'm your host. My name is David Twighty. Uh, I want to start by getting into this song. This is In This Diary by the Ataris. Uh, this is something that meant a lot to me. Ninth and tenth grade. This is off their 2003 album, So Long Astoria. Which was an album, uh, basically, well... It was basically an album... 
recorded by a bunch of grown ass men about how much they wish they were still in high school. Uh, which is a weird thing to listen to when you're in high school. Like this particular song, so many, so many moments in here where I'm just like, fuck you. You know, like, like this part right here, this is the chorus. Being grown up isn't half as fun as growing up. Alright, fuck you, the Ataris, first of all. Just, okay, if there are any kids listening out there in podcast land right now, being grown up is way better than growing up. You get to drink and fuck people, it's amazing. <laughs> Like, that's what I need to hear is a bunch of grown men like, oh, I wish I was still in high school. Shut up, man. Also, as far as that goes, like, that's the worst thing you can tell a teenager already. Like, these are the best years of your life. Like, hey, listen up. I know you're having a rough time in high school. It's all downhill from here. It's going to be, girls still won't talk to you. Also, coming from these guys... These guys are like, man, I wish I was still in high school. They're in a band that tours the country. Like, if they're unhappy with how their dreams have turned out. Let's listen more. Alright, these are the best days of our lives. The only thing that matters is just following your heart. Oh, Jesus. This verse is interesting to me because it gets really specific. Hanging out at truck stops just to pass the time. Alright. I don't. This band's from California. I don't know what high school's like in California, but I do know offhand the sorts of people who generally hang out at truck stops just to pass the time. Hey, uh, quick question, lead singer of the Ataris. Were you a prostitute in high school? <laughs> and then the rest is just, he sounds so fucking sad. About things that really aren't that silly. <laughs> Having lots of crazy slumber parties. Oh. He just feels so much. And, uh, I mean, he, he was bleached blonde, but we have the same haircut. Uh, so it appears to have held on in my heart in some way, anyway. But, I don't know, I saw this band with, uh, I think it was Story of the Year opening for them. And, uh, afterwards I had the lead singer sign my wallet. That's presumably worth something to someone. So I think, however much a used wallet costs, I think is how much that's worth. I don't know. I probably still have that somewhere. But uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my guest up here because I want to get his take on this shit. Uh, my my guest on this show is a fellow podcaster. He's one of the hosts of the Three Guys On podcast and a very funny local DC comedian. Please welcome Andy Klein, everybody. Being grown up isn't half as fun as growing up. 
Thank you, everybody. What's up, Andy? All of you. I've never heard that song before in my life. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. You're a bit <laughs> older than me. A little bit, a little bit. I love the fact that they have... Being a rock star is not carefree enough yeah. of a life. Right. They're like, oh, man. Back when I was in high school... Uh, just playing shitty unpaid gigs at like the youth center. Yeah, back in the good old days, <laughs> before groupies and money, and still three sleep until three o'clock. I, uh, man, I doubt they have any legal groupies. Like no one over eighteen is into that band. They don't card anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's strictly all ages venues for them. Did he when he signed your wallet? Did he give you like an inscription like to Dave, stay carefree? Uh, no, he did say, uh, look out, man, because being grown up is no picnic. <laughs> Love the hair. Signed, whatever. Well, I have a more refined version of the haircut that I, I had back right. then. Well, I don't you're know older. if you've seen the posters for this show. You're more mature. I have seen the hair. I'm older, I don't know. More mature, the jury's out. Uh, less panicky. Okay. Uh, maybe more panicky, just on more of an existential level. <laughs> well... Well, I guess you can handle it better, though. Right. Because you're a grown man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't cry like I used to. You don't listen to bands. I never cry like I used to. <laughs> yeah, I, I outgrew this shit for sure. But, I don't, like, I don't... That's such a weird thing for me, like, the, the nostalgia for being in high school. Oh, I forgot. When I saw them live, their lead singer, like, he introduced the song. He gave this big, heavy introduction. He's like... Yeah, I've just been uh, been reading the the poetry of Emily Dickinson, oh, no. and uh, it just kind of like this song is just sort of a, a reaction to that. <laughs> Which I don't I don't know if you can hear that if you can hear the classic American poetry. <laughs> that lyric, "These are the best days of our lives." Like, yeah. how the fuck do you even? How do you write that down? And like. <laughs> It's like, a penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> you didn't come up with that shit. You know, I was reading this book of uh, daily affirmations. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was a toilet book. Uh, <laughs> he got drunk one night and he read someone's toilet book. He, he read someone's bumper sticker collection. And that's the end of the that's song. That's a sitcom theme right there. That could be a sitcom theme song. Yeah. It also goes to show, guys will say anything. That actually, yeah, that really does feel like... Like Friends. It could be like the next Friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best days of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> These are the best days of our lives. And then... do 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 da down down da down down And then and then that song kicks in, and you're like, oh, this could be a feel-good. Yeah. No angst at all <laughs> in this show. Uh, so, uh, so I yeah, I graduated high school in 2006. When, when did you graduate? 1992. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I to get so wait a minute. So you were you were a child, a baby mm-hmm. when I graduated. I was I was but a wee lad. How old How old were you then? I was four years old oh, four? when you graduated high that's, school. That's now I'm sad. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to sadness town, everybody. You, you made that is sad. the quickest I've ever done that. By right. the way. <laughs> yeah, 2006. Uh, I think by that point, I think everybody gets to a point where you just stop paying attention to any new music. Right. At all. I was way past that, but I was like '98 was when I probably stopped. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I kind of, I've had a renaissance with that because, like, I, I just kind of checked out sometime during college. I was like, that's it. That's all the music that I can process anymore. Right. And then, uh, like, 
uh, like nine months ago, I went through a breakup, and it's like, I need something new, like, and I, I just started getting into, like, I'm, like, exclusively listening to punk rock music now, which is so fucked up, because, like, I didn't get into any of these bands when I was in high school, which right. is, like, the appropriate age for that, but now, like, when I get into... Like, I've been listening to, like, some newer punk bands. Like, there's this band called Fiddler. It doesn't matter. But, like, they, they, I know... I listen to it, and I'm like, this is fucking great. And then I think about it, and I'm like, these guys are, like, five years younger than me. I don't know if right. I'm emotionally prepared to deal with this. Yeah, at some point, you don't want to take life advice mm-hmm. from someone who's, like, 20. Well, most of their songs are about just doing drugs. So, <laughs> whether I mean to or not, I am taking their life advice. <laughs> It's not an intentional choice, but it makes everything easier, you know? I love that in your mid-twenties, you you, a girl breaks up with you, and you're like, how would the sophomore me have handled this situation? Well, that was actually where this podcast came from, was I was really sad one night, and I just made a playlist called Sadness Town as a right. private... Like, sometimes I do private jokes with myself when I'm, when I'm, really, when I'm really sad. Right. And no one, one time I looked up loneliness on Wikipedia and just laughed and laughed. <laughs> But that's what this is. Like, I made a playlist called Sadness Town, and I just filled it with all the garbage emo music that I used to love yeah, in high school. It like, pulled you through your days. Yeah, and I would, like, drive around. By the way, I don't know if you've ever been a white dude uh, driving down, like, driving through Northeast D.C. with the windows down playing this. Uh, but I didn't realize I was that guy until I was like, oh, okay, people are fucking staring at me. Right. Like, before that, I was able to handle it, because I'll play Hollow Notes in my car and shit. I don't care, but... But when you're playing this song, and people with actual problems... Yeah, they're like, what is this white boy so bummed out about him? <laughs> we don't need to hear more of that. Uh, yeah, so you're the like the, the first two guests that I've had on the show were both Ryan Shutt and Marty Litwack, who are yeah, both, uh, I mean about as close to identical experiences as right. mine as I could find. Of your generation? Uh-huh. Millennials? Mm-hmm. Is so that, we had, that term? I don't care for it. <laughs> okay. I mean, until we come up with something better, I guess nothing's positive. No one says millennials in a good way. You know, it's always like, <sighs> fucking millennials. Yeah. God damn it. I, uh, yeah, we need to come up with something better for ourselves, but, I mean, I don't know if you've been reading in the news, but we are such a lazy generation, just a bunch of good-for-nothing... Entitled. No job, like, we fucked up the economy. I'm Generation X. Yeah, you guys, yeah. like, w- let us have our turn. Like, now it's our turn to ruin the world. Right. Just let us have this. No, we were we were apathetic. That's what we were. We didn't give yeah. a shit about anything. Right, but you got lazy too, right? Well, we got, uh, yeah, lazy. Uh, yeah, same kind of thing. Uh, a lot of wallowing your own self-pity, that kind of thing. And apathetic about the world. But apathy, I kind of like apathy. I don't know why people have to care so much. You kind of project that just in the way that you carry yourself. On right. It. You don't have to give a shit. You would it. be the worst fucking doctor. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, eh, we're going to, okay, we're going to open your chest cavity and, um, yeah. <laughs> why are you shrugging? <laughs> I just shrug a lot. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Whatever. Generation X, man. I don't fucking Gen X, know. man. We don't care. So you grew up in uh, Leesburg, Virginia. That's right? right. Yeah, which was at the time out in the sticks, uh-huh. but now it's just a suburb that's kind of far. Right. Yeah, yeah. they've got a Panera now, and they've everything. got an outlet mall. <laughs> yes, they have a sports bar. 
There's probably an Applebee's in there somewhere. There's a Fast Eddie's somewhere near the town center. Right, you can play pool. Mm-hmm. You can still smoke indoors there, which is... You probably can't. I'm of a, I'm of a couple minds. Like when I first did a gig out there, I was like, I was going outside to have a cigarette, and the guy was like, you know, you can do that in here. I was like, I'm not a fucking animal. Like, <laughs> just because I'm doing a show in 1993 doesn't mean I'm going to behave like the rest of you weirdos. Right. Uh, so do you want to you want to get right into it? You want to get started? Yeah, let's get. But with the context here is, I grew up. I was born in '74. Okay, I mm-hmm. grew up. Basically in the 80s. Those are all my formative years. Yeah. And then graduated high school in 92. So it was a very different era. Right. Musically. Yeah. Because like, well, that's the thing is like, I got, I started doing this show because I was like, oh my God, it's hilarious how embarrassing all this music that I used to listen to was. And uh, that's, I don't know what that is, whether it's that I grew up, I was in high school in the early 2000s, which was a historically shitty period for all kinds of popular music. Like, right. you, you were getting out of high school, and, like, Nirvana was a thing, and yeah. Pearl Jam. I didn't get Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Like, I got them. They were on the radio and shit, but the shit that was current wasn't Nirvana and Pearl Jam. It, it was, was like, like Creed, right? It was Puddle of Mud and Creed, <laughs> you know? It's it's just awful. Gar- oh, yeah. Wake up! <laughs> I love that band in the seventh grade. That's, a, that's usually where I click it off. I, all I know from that song is "Wake Up, <laughs> Click, Go to Sleep." Is that part of the song? <laughs> it just opens on that. Uh, so yeah, so you were, you went into high school in like what eighty seven, eighty eight? Yeah, that was the year I was born. You were a freshman right. in high school. I was a, a sad, awkward freshman oh, in man. high school. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so this isn't. I mean, let's just let's get into it. Let's let's see where this goes. This is our first one. Remember this shit? Already so 80s. <laughs> they really milk it up front. We had longer attention spans back then. There we go. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with this song. This is uh, Run DMC with their cover of Walk This Way. Right. Um, which, I'm glad they made it, because I can get, like, now I get why people like Aerosmith. It's like, oh, if there's only a little Steven Tyler, it's okay. Right. <laughs> I didn't even know who Aerosmith was when this came That's, I was not even, I thought, I thought, who is that guy Aerosmith in the video? I mean, this was a, this was a hugely influential song. I mean, this is a, this is a whole thing. Like this was off of their 1986 album "Raising Hell." Raising Hell. Uh, it was the first hip hop song to actually crack the Billboard Top Five. Right. So it was like this was a big deal. They uh, they really they were reaching across the aisle when they made this. This got me in. This pretty much set the table. This got me into rap music. Yeah. Because before that, I mean, literally, when I was in probably I don't know second grade. Michael Jackson comes out with Thriller, right? Yeah. Everyone loves the shit out of Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah it's all That was music. Music was Michael Jackson. And maybe a little Madonna for a minute. Yeah. Like we were all making Glitteric Love. Did you ever try to make Glitteric Love? <laughs> like, Can't say I did. Everyone of a certain age. I, I was, like, see, I grew up in an age where we were all cutting holes in our games. <laughs> right. You're right. And, or cutting yourselves. Yeah. We would make <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if we if we really felt passionately about it. This is the best blade of my life. Uh. <laughs> so we were literally like like 
that was music was just pop music. It didn't mean anything like. I mean, literally, at some point, every kid bought a glove with glitter or sequins uh -huh. and figured out how to glue stuff on. It never worked. Like it turns out that you just you're dipping a glove in glue and a sprinkling. Glitter. It doesn't work. It doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't have the same effect. The way the only way to make a glitter glove is you put on a glove and you fist a unicorn. <laughs> Which, as we all know, died off right around the end of the Cold War, right. so you can't even do it anymore. We killed all the unicorns. Yeah. So, but I mean, that wasn't where I was coming. You from, so. maniacs! <laughs> you blew it up. Blame Michael Jackson, man. <laughs> so I always do. It was Michael Jackson, Madonna, um, like Prince. I uh -huh. guess got big around that. And so it was all just this kind. Of, it was the same. There was no nod to the past. I had no idea about like classic rock. Uh -huh. Anything I'd never heard, for example, of Aerosmith. Literally, the name had never entered my head. You know, this is '86. They say everything's like cyclical, like the yeah. like the. I mean, the past five ten years, it's like like synth music has come back, and yeah, like yeah. the hipster thing is like it's like uh, it's basically like white people in the two thousands dressing like black people in the eighties, <laughs> right? Like with the like neon tank tops and all this shit has, yeah, has made yeah, a yeah. comeback. So, did you have that at all in the eighties, where it was like the sixties, where like we're gonna we're Everyone's doing acid again. No. And Reagan just just poisoned the well for everybody. We were so saturated with just eighties, just the whole culture of the eighties. Uh -huh. The movies, the music. There was literally no nod to anything that happened even five years before that. Not even disco, which it was just ending at that point. Right. So it was all like I was born in this world where this only this exists. And that was it. And then when Red DMC came out, that was the whole rap is a fad. No one's gonna listen. Yeah, to that. right. And we bought the al I got I got that album and LL Cool J's second album. I think at the same time, like gifts. How old were you when you got that? Twelve, eleven. Okay, okay, wow. Maybe turning twenty. It was like a birthday or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, it was LL Cool J, Bigger and Deffer, which was his second album. Okay. He said fuck on the album twice. Oh my god. Like, yeah. We couldn't believe. We never heard anything. Well, we're gonna blow the roof yeah. off that later. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. We will. We'll get back to that. Yeah. But uh, and then so Run DMC comes out and it's like oh this new whole world just opened up. Right. Which was rap music and we had no idea anything about it. We had maybe seen there was a Run DMC video prior to that. It was on MTV a little bit. King of Rock. I don't know what it was. Rock. Yeah. Rock the TV. King of Rock. Yeah. And so this, if it wasn't for that song, my whole trajectory would have changed. Like, yeah, I pretty much became a listener of rap music, and that alone. Just driving around Leesburg, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, just driving around with the with with the windows down and my Zuzu Impulse, <laughs> <laughs> my '84 Impulse tape deck just blasting, tape deck blasting until it eats the tape. And uh -huh. Yeah, that was it. It was all. And then my friend had a, a Suzuki Samurai with like two thousand dollars worth of stereo equipment in it. Okay. Yeah, and we'll get to those songs later. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's all we did. We just listened to rap music. Me and all my white friends. I see. I had a. So I did, I found out about Run DMC for the first time when I was like thirteen years old, and that was when <laughs> they they did a separate cover of the Degeneration X theme song in WWF. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Well, you're about to. This okay, is the Run this? DMC part. This is like 2001, 2002. I had no idea. No, I like, this one, I have no idea how this happened. <laughs> like, Run DMC, they're like, you know you know who's really going to help us make inroads with the kids these days? <laughs> kids don't like wrestling the way they used to. What if we bring in these hip new guys, Run DMC? Right. Uh, but, I mean... 
This song speaks for itself. It's kick ass. I don't know anything about these generation X, to be honest. Oh, really? No. I don't. Well, they have two words for you, and you can look up what those are. Is it sucking? Is that. Are they Yeah, you're. Alright. Old man Klein is on top. They point to their dicks? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was like a whole. That was like a whole persona that they had. It was just. It was like. Because usually pro wrestling, there will be like one guy is like a, uh, they like a lot of them had day jobs. Like there was an evil dentist for a while and stuff like that. There was a group of four guys whose whole thing was they pointed at their dicks and went suck it, suck it, right. And this is for like twelve year olds who are watching wrestling, right? And they're like, and we're like, we didn't even know that that was a thing you could do to your dick, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was my first introduction uh, to to Run DMC. The King of Rock, what can't be my hobby and job? And then they just did that over and over again. That's literally the entire song. Was there like a WWE album? That came there out? were several. Really, like Jock Jams, like fake Jock Jams. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, mostly it was just uh, wrestlers' entrance music. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, this song is called The Kings, and I don't, I really don't know. I mean, I don't, there's no good explanation for why in 2001 they thought, like, we need to get Run DMC involved in this. I think Run DMC was like, we're running out of money. Yeah. And remember the last time we used yeah, the Okay, song? so same reason that Aerosmith did the first one. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and then they say, it's a cycle. It's a cyclical. Yeah. But it didn't work the same. In time. 10 years, the guys who did the original uh, Degeneration X theme song are going <laughs> to team up with some, I don't know. Right. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's get into the, let's get on to the next one because I think you set this up pretty well. And this yeah, yeah. this song, oh man. Yeah, yeah. This is of course Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys off their 1986 album License to Ill. Uh, classic. It's I mean, a great I can, story. I can, yeah. It's, I, could you actually? I, I listened to it a couple times. I don't know this song super well. Could you run down the story that they tell? Um, I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, he, he, we can, we can interpret while we're listening. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. He's by himself. Right. He's looking for beer. This is like the origin story of the Beastie Boys, right? It's how they met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> MC. People, people think it was toxic sludge, but that's a myth. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't come out of Toxic Sludge at all. Ad Rock was looking for beer and uh-huh. ran into MCA and and, and he had a shotgun <laughs> and a horse. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. So basically, what happens is one of them is buying beer and the other one shows up on a horse, holds a gun to his head. Right. Well, he meets the other one, and then they go and the one pulls out a gun to rob the place. And he, I think he shot two people who went for the door. Like, people died yeah. in this song. People See, this, this is how you do gangster rap when you're Jews from Brooklyn. It's right. just like you just make up. And then MCA came up in a unicorn, which is <laughs> obviously bullshit. Well, actually, there were a few left at that point. Right, so right. 86. Right. <laughs> but I can I can see how this might have meant something to you a song a rap song by a bunch of Brooklyn Jews when you're uh, just a guy in Leesburg who's probably constantly being confused for a Jew. Well, yeah, all the time. People don't even ask. They just assume I'm Jewish. Yeah, my last name is Klein. They, I've done all Jewish comedy shows because I didn't protest when they booked me. Yeah, they say, hey, come to our Christmas Eve comedy show. 
Because you're a Jew, I'm like, yeah, how much does it pay? And then I just show up. Really well, right? Right. Not, not as well. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, the Jews. I'm going to edit this part out. Yeah. <laughs> but rap it was basically, oh, this is different. And then once you got used to that, you're like, this is even more different. It's mm-hmm. just three white dudes who, I mean, they had, obviously, Fight for Your Right to Party. Right. Party. All The whole album was ridiculous. It was just party songs. But it was... Again, unlike anything else. Yeah. So it was that rebellion. I've always been in the rebellion. And it, like it, it holds up because like these guys, there are a lot of guys who've been around this long who kind of reinvented themselves over the years. The Beastie right. Boys didn't really like they came no. out with an instrumental album within the past ten years, and that was different. But they've mostly just stuck to what to the they, Beastie formula. The whole yeah, time. they stayed unique by. Being and at some point they became retro, yeah. Know? But they were the same as they always were. But yeah. Now they sounded different because no one sounded like that in you know '95 or yeah. whatever it was. So yeah, they've always been just kind of their own thing, and then they really stand out. Run DMC could have learned a thing or two from them. They could have. You don't you see know. the Beastie Boys collaborating on a Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> theme song. No. Well, they they had their own instruments. They don't have to sample rock songs. Yeah. They can play instruments. But this song was I think this is seventh grade. My brother bought the tape from some kid in middle school for like five bucks, and we played it constantly for like for like four months. Nothing else. Yeah, just the Beastie Boys. Yeah. There's, he's about to shoot people. Yeah. Kids. There are kids there. He shot two kids. Be careful, MCA. They were running for the door. They weren't up to, up to no good. They were trying to leave. <laughs> The Django situation. <laughs> it's like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Diamond. Alright, uh, you know, I, I like this song. Uh, it's not very funny. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's so we're going to go to the next one right now. There we go. This was a, this was a simpler, more innocent time for rap music. hearing like one of the five most powerful people in Hollywood, right. by the way. This is the first song in my entire life that spoke to me. Yeah. Like, I, this is a song about white people problems. Dude, I, I had a mother who bought cheap shit and I wanted cool clothes. Uh-huh. I was like, he was living in my head, man. So, uh, if you haven't picked up on this, this is uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince with Parents Just Don't Understand. Uh, this is off the album He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper, which came out in 1988. It peaked at number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. Right. Um, right. Yeah, just... So, the... Well, okay. I asked for I Adidas. I asked for Adidas, she bought me. What, what Zips. What brand? I don't even know uh, what that is. I don't know what Zips are? No. Zips are a lot of fun. That's the, that's the, I think that might be the actual timeline. Zips are a lot of fun. I think the, if you pull up the commercial on YouTube, I think Zips are a lot of fun is something. Well, okay. I would, uh, but the 3G is terrible in here. Zips, uh, and also uh, Ruse. Do you remember Ruse? R-O-O-S? Of course I don't. A shortened version of the word kangaroo. Uh, Ruse. Right, I could have figured that out on my own, probably. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> it was, Ruse were shoes. Uh-huh. With little pockets. Like, there was a zipper, and you pull that zipper, okay. you could put, like, a nickel in there. Like, you could maybe yeah. a key. If you were a latchkey kid, yeah. you, could, you could put a key. If your house had multiple keys, 
like a deadbolt. Yeah. You're fucked. You yeah, need, you can't get right. in that house. You yeah. need the high top roots. Uh, you have two pockets. Wait, did they? <laughs> it should have been spelled R U S E. Bullshit. Ooh, holy shit, man! Yeah. Where was this cutting edge satire back in the eighties? I, I was killing it. <laughs> but ruse and zips. Uh, Can was... we just go to stock footage of Andy's first open mic? Is ruse? Ruse. I think they're spelling that wrong. I mean, I'm looking at that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> so, but like, there were certain brands you didn't want. Ruse, uh, zips. Uh, we had a catch-all term where I was from, which was Seymour's. Okay. Uh, that's what people would call shitty shoes. Uh-huh. Oh, you got Seymour's on. I don't, there was no brand called Seymour. There must have been some kid named Seymour at some point. Who <laughs> <laughs> got his ass kicked on a daily basis for having right. clothes on. And oh, my God. The work. So to we, be that nerd. Right, to be the guy. The who, legendary nerd. Who begat the expression. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he's probably cutting himself right now, but... <laughs> I imagine he's dead. He might. Maybe he started an alt rock band or something. But that so was, it's not a real person. Why are you? Why are you drifting on me, audience? Why am I sweating? You're not. Why am I warm? Oh, I am but, sweating okay. actually. So, so Ruse, so uh, Ruse and Zips and all those brands. I mean, this was a major concern. You know what it was like in seventh grade? Yeah, it's sure. A major concern. And I had a mother who preferred to buy clothes. At, for example, yard sales. Right. Oh, every, God. Every Saturday. You had a hipster mom? I wish. If no. you lived in Portland, you'd be just one of the gang. Right. Well, she, she would go to yard sales and come up with clothes for me or, or go to the store and you want the cool shit. Of course, your mother's like, this is the same thing. And you're like, no, because that doesn't have the word Nike on it. Uh-huh. And then so I related because I had a mother who was hardcore cheap when it came to like cool shit. So that song was like, man. See, somebody gets me. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> somebody speaking. This song is weird because it escalates really quickly. Like, yeah. the first verse is like, We went to the store to get back to school clothes. My mom is dumb. What right. does she know? And, right. then, like, and then, like, he's getting made fun of by the kids at school. Oh, the other one I wanted to ask you about is there's a line where he says, it has a that's a plaid shirt and it has a butterfly, butterfly collar. collar. What is butterfly collar? It's a 70s thing. It's uh-huh. a giant. Collar. Okay. If you watch like the dating game reruns, okay, you'll see. But because that was how was, you, if you see shows like that, you'll realize, oh, that's what their good clothes were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was how they looked nice. Yeah. yeah. Butterfly collar. Well, like we didn't have those, but that was something from like if you had some old shit. Yeah. That's what you you were in butterfly collar. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So uh, yeah, the first verse is just about every kid's problems. Right. And then the second verse. The second verse. He steals a car. Yeah, well, his parents go out of town. <laughs> They car. leave behind, and his parents do not understand when no, he steals that <laughs> car. A spoiler alert: his parents just do no. not understand why he stole that car. No, but like it's worse because it's like uh, it's uh, we're doing a show right now. If you guys don't mind, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to be a dick, but it's like I can. You know what, you. man? Audiences um, just don't understand. You know, and that is one thing I have noticed about audiences. <laughs> But so the, the next verse is like his parents go out of town. They leave behind the keys to the Porsche. All right, a right. little bougie, will. Right. And right. like this is the family you come from. Okay. This is when in rap you could be someone who came from a decent right. neighborhood. Right. Right. And no one gave a shit about that. So they leave behind the keys to the Porsche. So right. he's like, I'm just gonna drive it around the neighborhood. And then he comes across this girl, and uh-huh. 
he spends a couple lines talking about how sexy this girl is. And she gets in the car, and she's like, I like it when they drive fast. And right. so he drives real fast, they get pulled over. And then there's a line that's like, turned out she was a 12-year-old runaway. And it's like, well, you you just spent like a paragraph talking about how sexy this girl was. Right. right. No butterfly collar on her. So, it goes from like, my parents don't get the name brands to like, why are they mad that I stole their car and kidnapped a minor? Right. I don't get it. Mom, come on, mom. And then the ending is, the end is like, his parents come and pick him up from jail and he's like, I'd rather be in jail than get hit by my dad, which is an actual, that's the exact line right. in the song. And so it's, it just, it starts with like, like pretty basic, like oh, I have a bedtime, and then it's like, <laughs> and then it's like they don't like it when I stab people, and then just his parents are just beating the shit out of him, right? As the song fades out, yeah, but he's such a likable guy. You're like, I get it, Will. Yeah, <laughs> we all wanted the. That's how he was on the show, man. Like that episode where he took all those people hostage and killed that kid. He's <laughs> like Uncle Phil, cut him a break. I, I love that he, he could have just made her... I might be her, thinking of the X-Files, actually. I, 24, perhaps. Yeah. He, he could have just made her made her 12. Yeah. He didn't have to make her a runaway. Well, I don't know. I I mean, I probably would have... Jesus, I don't know. I And also, it, in addition to... 12 that, is 12, though. That's 12 is, up. Yeah, so it doesn't matter where you came from. Yeah. Right. But also, the, I'm thinking about this now. And this song, I should have picked up on this then. In the first verse, his parents wouldn't even buy him Adidas... In the second verse, they own a Porsche. Yeah, yeah. How'd they get the Porsche? So he had some gripe. He had a legitimate gripe in the first verse. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Buy me this broke ass shit. I'm not going to school in zips. You, Come on. You took me to the mall in the Porsche yeah. to get me fucking Seymour's. <laughs> and now I'm going to get hit at school by all the kids. And I'm going to steal your car and you're going to hit me too. Yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, he has affluenza. He's patient zero of affluenza. And it's a wonder that everything worked out okay for him. Yeah, he overcame He's doing all right, right? Will Smith is doing okay? He's doing fine. He got an MIT. And he didn't go for his rap career. The guy has a charmed life. This is angst for Will Smith. It's hard out there for Will Smith. Oh, man. Yeah, I just, I never... I don't think I ever heard this song, like, not on, uh, like, uh, I don't think I ever heard this song not on, like, the late night commercials for the, like, <laughs> remember this? The right. compilation album. Right, right. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's keep on going here. This is gonna be another shift in tone. Yeah, see. Whoa. See what happened? Whoa. <laughs> Andy Klein got real angry and political there. Public enemy, man. Somewhere between 1986 and 1988. <laughs> you know, I turned 12. I was like, you know, I got to play with the world around. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, this is Rebel Without Pause by Public Enemy off their classic 1988 album. It takes a by that title is uh, it takes a nation of millions to hold uh, maybe Jewish kids from Leesburg back. <laughs> Possibly. I can see why you related with this so strong. I, the, I like, you know what it was? That fucking horn sample. Oh, dude, that thing's crazy. It just played in my head over and over again. 
Even now, it's like you hear like nothing sounds like this. No. On this album, they have another song with the same sample. Right. Oh, sample. seriously? Yeah, it was the same sample. Yeah, because I identify this. I don't. I'd be surprised if there's only one other song that they use this on. Like I right. identify this so strongly with Public Enemy. But Public, I like what they were saying was way over my head. Yeah. Like he just said supporter of Chessamart. I don't know who Chessamart right. was. Right. I I don't. I, don't, I do now. But <laughs> I, I still in preparation don't. of this. I googled it because I looked at the song. Don't look like an idiot. Who the fuck is Chessamart? Do I support Chessamart? Chessamart is not even the name. That it's it's Asada Shakur. What is that? Uh, Asada Shakur is a former Black Panther who got caught up in some shit, convicted of murdering a cop. She said she didn't do a lot of people didn't think she did it. She escaped from jail, went to Cuba, and she is in Cuba to this day. Oh, okay. Yeah, her name was Chessamart at some point. She, she sounds awesome. She is. Yeah, isn't she? She killed a cop. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's just... What a badass lady. <laughs> right. But I'm going to edit this part out. I've always been drawn... Like, <laughs> people get sarcasm. <laughs> I've always been drawn to rebellion. And, and I'm not, like, I don't look like a rebel. No. I don't have tattoos and shit. But if something is rebellious... I'll just, even the tea party, at first I was like, I'm listening. Yeah, let's see what these guys are up to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you guys a chance. <laughs> let's see what this guy with the assault rifle at a town hall meeting has right. to say. I guess I kind of have to listen. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what this was like when it first came out. Like, it was this was crazy. terrifying to people, wasn't it? Was, it? The whole album was like this. Yeah. It was crazy. And nothing, again, nothing sounded like this. I probably listened to their next album more, but that was the one, that song. The next album I had was called Fear of a Black Planet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that one had uh, Fight the Power on. You know, and that was when they really started getting all the Tipper Gore shit, I think. Yeah, well, they didn't get it that much. They got, here's what happened on the Fear of the Black Planet uh, thing. They had, all right, do you know anything about Public Enemy? They had a Flavor Flaves on stage. Right. right? They have uh, a DJ, Terminator X. Mm-hmm. And then they have the S1Ws, which were led by Professor Griff. Okay. This is all. I don't know Professor Griff. Professor Griff. What did he get um, his PhD in? Oh, I think it's just a makeup. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's never talking. You can just do that. You can if you want. If you're a rap star, I'm gonna go around and start doing that. Professor Griff had a group of people on stage in fatigues called the S1Ws, uh-huh. Security of the First World. Okay. <laughs> and they would do like military formations, marching around on stage during the show. Uh-huh. And there's like people on stage like holding fake Uzis and shit. Like it's uh, it was a whole thing, right? And during the Fear of a Black Planet era, uh, Professor Griff had some not so positive words about the Jews. Uh-huh. And he got okay. Problem. He got kicked out of Public Enemy. Flavor Flav didn't get kicked out. <laughs> I always Griff. saw I always saw Flavor Flav as largely non-ideological. Like I don't yeah. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Like I, I, I wonder if like Chuck D like saw a flavor of love and was like, "What the fuck did we do?" Like, what? yeah, he was. Yeah, Chuck D actually appeared on. Yeah. We have the box set at home. You can watch it anytime. That's my roommate, Lauren. By the box set. Now I know that. Okay. There's a box set for. You know what I'm doing next really? time? I'm too high to move. There's not even a box set for Public Enemy, and there's a box set for Flavor. <laughs> yeah. 
That's why he wore a clock around his neck. Because so, he knew what time it was. That was before <laughs> cell phones that just had the time. And wristwatches, too, presumably. No, man. You gotta understand this. Listen, I grew up in the ghetto where this was the most convenient way to tell time. Right. Time was not invented yet. And then Flavor Flav had to... No, knowing what time it is is like knowing what's going on in the world. Right. Yeah, that's where it's coming from, man. See, Flavor Flav was deep, man. He was a deep man. What happened? Uh, he's crazy. <laughs> but that's why Chuck D put him in the group, because it was like a spoonful of sugar. Right. Basically. It was like that. And he pretty much said that. It was like, you can't have guys in fatigue marching and not have a clown up there. Just like a goofy motherfucker in like a hat with a clock around right. his neck. Right. Otherwise, you'd never smile. You'd never I smile. kind of wish like every fascist regime did that. Kind of like if, if Hitler had had a hype guy. Uh, like, yeah. like, <laughs> Flavor Mingler. Oh, you know what time it is. <laughs> As Flavor Mingler. As I'm sorry, we just need to give that a second because that was amazing. As he, that's how they trained uh, train conductors. Like saying, you know what time it is. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, that would make it much easier if every coup had a hype man. Had a hype man. People kind of like this coup. Yeah. Pretty good coup. Not a bad coup. I hope he gets his own show out of this coup. Yo, I gotta tell you something about a motherfucker named Castro! And then he just... Everyone raises the roof and he comes on with his hat. Yeah. Is that Shane there? Fidel had a hat, too. They all have hats. Yeah. You gotta have a good hat. You know, Chuck D refuses to smile in pictures. Yeah? Yeah, like any promotional shot. That's why... Which is weird, because the first time I saw him, he was doing a guest appearance on news radio in the 90s. Was it really? Yeah. I didn't know he was on news radio. Yeah, there was one episode uh, where he, you know, i just look it up. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to look it up. Someone has a box set, I'm sure. All right, well, let's keep going in the same vein here. NWA. I'm like 12. Uh, according to my research, you were not. You were at least 14, because this was off straight out of Compton, which came out in 88. Summer video. I was not 14 yet. It made number one on the Billboard Hot Rap tracks, and I can't imagine what it was like to hear an edited version of this song on the radio. It didn't get played on the radio. This was all underground. This was NWA. First of all, no rap at that time got played on the radio. Not even on the urban stations. Uh huh. That was all still like Anita Baker and, and like disco and shit like that. Not even disco. It was just R. It was like Paul Abdul. It was R and B with a little pop. Maybe. Sure. And so, if you want to rap, you have to watch your MTV raps every day on MTV, which is what me and all my friends did at four o'clock. We would just sit down and watch your MTV raps for a half hour, and then on Saturdays it was an hour in the morning, right? Okay. So that's what, like, just wake up in the Saturday on the Saturday morning, like, make some coffee. <laughs> Yeah. Life, so a kid looking up to me, life ain't nothing but fitness and money. 
So no, this was where it started kind of hitting the fan, right? Like where people were like, "What about the children who hear this?" And right. they're like, oh. That was the one because you didn't hear. First of all, you didn't hear a lot of profanity yet, uh huh. And especially the N word, you didn't hear that, and pretty much at all. Barely. And then they come out, and it's like every third word. It's it, it was the beginning of the song. <laughs> right. It's the name of the group. And Let so, me tell you something about a word I'm not about to say right now. <laughs> well, you don't want to wrap <laughs> So that was, uh, like you said, 88, right? Yeah. So that was, I mean, it went from parents who don't understand to rebel without a cause to gangster gangster. Uh-huh. And... For us, Which was, Rebel Without a Pause is at least kind of literary about yeah. being counterculture. They're right. like, like they made you look up a Black Panther, you know, right. like that's yeah. eventually, yeah, twenty years later. <laughs> like you know what bitches and money are. You're not doing any research to figure out what this song's about. But to us, it was all like it, it wasn't. See, you know how music is now, or other genres of music. Yeah, it's like. Oh, I'm into rock music that does this. Yeah. But not that does that. Right. If you were the rap, you were just into rap. Yeah. So you liked everything the same. And so this was the same as, as any like Will Smith or Fresh Prince kind of. Right. You could like them all. Yeah, it's just it's just a series of sounds that you subscribe right. to. And there's a little bit of swagger in this. Right. At fourteen you kinda like hearing someone talk about kicking ass <laughs> and maybe shooting people. There was a a stage in my life when I would judge a lot of rap songs by how good the gun sound sounded. Oh, dude, that's actually. I mean, because they all had like like NWF. They there was full of like you know shotgun sounds going off. That's the only reason Bill Hicks was ever successful was because he made the best gunshot sound effect in stand-up comedy. <laughs> that was it. That was yeah, that was the only thing that anyone really liked about him. He was a gun guy, right? Yeah. Was Bill Hicks, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he, he really did. But I like I uh, I, I agree with that because like uh, I think that song that uh, MIA song Paper Planes right if that had had an even slightly worse gunshot sound effect that song would have been dog shit but yeah. like it really you felt that in your guts yeah. like yeah you were reminded just to hear the all I want to do is <laughs> like it was such a thing you know right that's how but that's how I was with NWA I was like they have the best gun sounds mm-hmm. so any like pretender group that followed in their footsteps like that gun sounds are shitty that's actually, that was it. That's one of the that's one of the things that stuck with me. The, and I never really listened to these guys that much, but like I I went through a phase in like in like uh, junior senior year of high school where I was like someone introduced me to the Chronic by Dr. Dre, so I was right. riding around in my car playing that. Right, right. Along, it was in a rotation with like Weezer and the Misfits, and I don't know what else. But like they, uh, I I really got into them. For a bit, and I don't remember which song it is, but Easy E has a verse where there's one line that's just a machine gun sound effect, and then <laughs> now that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he says, <laughs> right? Like, like I'm a player, I do my own playing. <laughs> now that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and I was like that. I remember that more than anything else <laughs> right. from any of their songs. Yeah, that's the way it was back then, man. You could say whatever you wanted. This was before labels on music, man. You could do whatever the fuck you wanted. Yeah, there's been kind of an arms race with rap because, like, everyone has to do, like, there are so many different things. Like, Busta Rhymes and, like, they're, uh, Busta Rhymes has had verses where he, he rapped way faster than anyone ever had to right. 25 years ago. Right. Like, no right. one ever had to. He's just talking, basically, right. at that point. Now it's all about, like, you need to have your own sound and everything. Well, yeah, you show, like, back then you would show off with how 
far you took it. Yeah. Now you show off with your actual, like... It's all mechanics, like, uh, it's right. all technical skill. Yeah. Right, it's like shredding on a guitar or something. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Look what I can do, I can talk fast. Yeah, right? so they, they're like the rush of rap artists. <laughs> yeah, really, like, really indulgent. Check out... <laughs> just like, check out this Neil Peart-style verse that I've got here. Check out this, my new rap song about elves and castles. <laughs> That was actually what I opened the last episode with, was a song about The Hobbit. Right, of course. <laughs> uh, okay, let's, uh, let's go on to the next one, and this one is going to be real fun. Is this, uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Let's just listen to this one for a bit. This is a classic for, like, four people. <laughs> Forgot how long it takes for the lyrics to come in. How many so samples do they have up front? That dick all night. That dick all which you may know as the upcoming sequel to Evan Almighty. <laughs> this song is Dick Almighty by Almighty. Two Live Crew. <laughs> Alright, hang on. I tear the pussy open causing satisfaction. <laughs> well, for, what? For him. Yeah, I know they like everyone <laughs> for those of you listening at home, everyone with a vagina in this room just cringed away from this day. Yeah, that's not a positive experience. Even for me, it's like it's like it would be good for like a second and then like, oh what did I do? It's not nearly as satisfying as the song suggested it would be. Oh my god, I'm gonna go to jail. There's no way to explain this. Now, uh, so yeah, this is. Oh man. Now, I could have chosen. Here, first of all, uh, you got something happened between, let's say, Public Enemy and Two Life Crew, mm-hmm. which was puberty. Right. Right. So now, sex is on the brink. Yeah. Right. You were always thinking about tearing pussies open for satisfaction well, before you know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, just imagine the kid who's kind of unfamiliar with sex and hears this song. He opens it with like a bag of chips. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to open a vagina. Like it's glazed sour cream onion chips. He's like, but that's what they said on the album. <laughs> so, uh, so, And they don't really take a lot of poetic license here. Mostly no. it's just, well, it's, I mean, it's just profane. For the hell of it. Like, I'm trying to sit. Like, and the way I had fucked the police, right? Yeah. Like, they, were, they had some content. Two Life Crew was just. They were just. Yeah. I could have chosen uh, various songs to represent this era. I could have chosen. That dick uh, will make a bitch act cute. <laughs> Suck my dick, bitch. Make it puke. <laughs> That's attractive. That's what they like, man. Wait, alright. It's seven inches long, eight inches thick. What? Last name Almighty, first name Dick. That is a useless penis. You can't fuck anyone with that. 
Seven eight eight inches thick. Eight inches thick. What is it? You're just fucking drain pipes or something. I don't know well, what you're doing. Is it? Is it? Is it circular or is it just? Eight I don't. Inches it's, they don't elaborate. Is it like a flathead screwdriver? Hang on. I got. I got one more. I got one more that I wrote down. All right. That dick is a motherfucker. <laughs> Why not? I can't be pussy licked by a dick sucker. You gotta think about that one. Do you? I can't be pussy licked by a dick sucker. No, I actually don't know. I don't know what that means either. A dick sucker could mean a woman or a gay man. Right. But I can't be pussy licked. That doesn't. It's because you don't have a vagina. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't who's know. Trying yeah, to do it. yeah, it doesn't. Like, if someone says to you, can I lick your pussy? You're not going to say, are you a dick sucker? No, you're going to say, I don't have one. So, okay, this is uh, this is off the, the Two Live Crew album, Dick All, or, I'm sorry, Nasty As They Want to Be, right. which came out in 1989. Uh, that was with Miso Horny. Yeah, yeah, Miso Horny was the big breakthrough hit off that album. Uh, but got, this particular track... Um, they got arrested. Yes. So they were uh, they were arrested for performing this album in a sex club in Miami, where they're from. Right. And uh, some fucking cracker sheriff was like, was like, what? I don't like your kind. Not on my watch. What do you mean cracker? Really? Like, if there's how do you say cracker? If there's anyone who's a cracker, it's the guy who arrests Two Live Crew for talking about their dick, which is, let me see, seven inches long, eight inches thick, at a sex club in uh, in, uh, in Florida. Florida. Like, well, They're from Miami. By the way, Florida is where bad ideas come from. <laughs> they would have... Wait, what are you guys... What are you saying? If a dick is... Seven inches long and eight inches thick. Uh-huh. Is it a chode? I think so. He doesn't specify whether it's circumference or diameter, but I think that matters. I think it, it does, but I assume eight inches thick would be diameter, it could right? Be long and flat. Yeah, but the definition of well, that's, that's a good point. Short and chubby. Short and chubby, seven right? Seven inches is not short. Right. Oh no, yeah. I mean, this uh, this guy cannot chubby. walk so normally. But but the thing is, seven inch penises exist. Eight-inch wide penises, not even in the animal kingdom. You don't even. You don't. I don't think. That, yeah, I don't think that's not a thing that happens. Because I mean, just think about what a vagina would have to look like for you to stick that in there. Right. Well, or after. Think about it. I said, think about it. <laughs> I could have chosen. There was a lot of crazy two life crew songs. Like there's one called Face Down, Ass Up. Yeah. Um, obvious. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Uh, the fuck. Even shot. if you haven't heard that song, you know how to finish that line. Right. That's the way we like the fuck. Yeah, there you go. Spoiler alert. The fuck shop. Did you ever hear the fuck shop? I don't think I ever did. The fuck shop was one of their songs. This is this is the early nineties. This is before uh, big box fuck retailers took over the fuck shop market. <laughs> the whole mom and pop yeah, you can go fuck shops. But the funny thing about them was where mom and pop, where mom would fuck you and dad would watch. Right. Exactly. Was that too far? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, that was where everyone checked out. But, <laughs> but the funny thing is they had, because this, this is before, like, the, now you just edit the words out. You just, like, do it the quick little sound or like a Or like a record scratch or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They, Two Life Crew actually made clean versions of all their albums. Yeah, I was going to say, because they, they had an accompanying album to As Nasty As They Want To Be called As Clean As They Want To Be, which right. was just edited versions of all the songs. Some of them were completely, like, 
the, the fuck shop was now the funk shop. <laughs> it was a completely different song. Right. No one was buying and selling sex in that Wait, song. so they actually changed all the lyrics to make it make sense on that? I think so, yeah. The funk shop. And then like some songs like Me So Horny, they just, they just took away the profanity. Uh, it's, it's still a bad uh, Me Aroused. I don't, know what, I don't know what the Dick Almighty was. I don't know what the version of that was. It's just like, eh, it's just a picture of a guy shrugging. Like, that's the title of it. The Education Almighty or something. Yeah. All right. So uh, so you were into that. How old were you when you were into this? Was I like was, well, 14, it was 15? 14, 15, 16. At that point in my life. All right. This you is, hated women. No. No, in fact, this is, uh, I was working late in my freshman year of high school. I got a job at Popeye's. Okay. And I worked there through sophomore and junior years. Okay. And quit right before senior year started. So, and this was Popeye's back when. Remember when the logo was actually Popeye? Mm-hmm. It was like a cartoon. The guy who eats spinach is endorsing fried chicken. Like, sure. Yeah. Like someone was probably like, he's fucking sold out. Like he used to do spinach, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, someone, <laughs> someone in the spinach lobby threw his hat on the ground. He was out, there, man. So. I was worried about Who else are we going to get to do this? It's right. so uncool. Joey Lawrence? Come on. <laughs> so, but, like, I had a hat. Yeah, he was, a, he was yeah. a guy who was on some TV shows back in like that. Is yeah. A, yeah. Is a, no, no one watched those shows. Yeah. I had a hat with Popeye on it. I had a shirt with Popeye on it. And I'd be working the drive-thru, and my voice hadn't changed yet. And people would call me man, you know? So that's where I was in life, right? People, they like, you know, and then sometimes they would roll up to the window and be like, "Oh, star, I sold your man." And other times they would just be sheepish and realize it. And like, and then like some working. I went to say shit. Popeyes record. Yeah, I mean, there were I actually. And now I probably would. I probably would these days. But mm-hmm. I Popeye on my my fucking shirt. I people call me ma'am. Sometimes the hot chicks from school would come in, and I'm here. I am being called ma'am. It's very masculine. Is uh-huh. what I'm saying. So it's sometimes you have to like get in the car and just just blast. Dick Almighty. Uh-huh. Just to feel you gotta take the power back to borrow right. a phrase from another. Right. You you have all these hormones and there's no outlet for it. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're like you're like you have all the angst of a 14, 15 year old where you're like, Am I the girls like me? Am I cool? Do I have a big dick? <laughs> like you start wondering that, like around you're like, Am I dick big? I mean his dick is way bigger than mine. And so you feel terrible, and then you work at Popeyes, and people call you ma'am, and then sometimes you just have to release yeah. by listening to ridiculous music, like Two Live Crew. I just, I want, before we move down to the next one, I just yeah. wanted to get this in. in the, when, they brought, when they were brought to court for their, uh, for their uh, obscenity trial, right. their ju- the judge said that their music, this is just the whitest thing I've ever heard anyone say about rap music. He said it, quote, Appeals to the loins, not the intellect. <laughs> Isn't that what they said about Elvis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all, that's always the notes. That is a pretty far cry from Elvis, to be fair to that asshole judge. Well, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's probably like someone said that in like 1955. Like from, from like, uh, from, uh, from blue suede shoes to make my dick puke. Like, I think there's a. <laughs> A pretty big gap, but in not there. on my shoes. It's very hard. To but not, it. yeah, not on my uh, shoes, which are Adidas and not Zips. Yeah. <laughs> but at some point, the argument made sense. Like it didn't make sense for Elvis. But fast forward like right. thirty years. That's kind of how I feel about video games now. Right. Like when people were like, "Oh, Mortal Kombat!" Like it makes kids desensitized to violence. It's like right. probably not. It's a fucking cartoon. But now it's like, how can you like watch your kid? Like, blow away a bunch of pe- Like, just drive down the sidewalk, killing people and laughing in Grand Theft Auto, and not be like, 
I think we might be fucking up our yeah. children. It's just fun, man. <laughs> we played Pac Man. We liked Qbert, so who are we to judge this uh, murder simulator? Listen, I'm not I'm not trying to make a statement or whatever. If Rockstar Games wants to sponsor my podcast, I yeah. have no integrity at Rockstar all. Rockstar Games. All right, let's move on to the, the next one. Uh, we got one more after this one, but I think this is my favorite on the whole show. Yeah. This is huge. Oh, man. Huge. I'm going to pause it for a second. You guys know, first of all, you guys know what the song is. Do you want to say it yet? This is, uh, okay, yeah, this is, this is Do Me by Belle Biv DeVoe. Do Me. Off their album Poison, and I know you know that song, because that's yeah. the, yeah, there yeah. you go. Now, this song. Hang on a second, hang on, we're going to pick this up. She's not going to sing it. girl is Poison. That girl is Poison. Give it up for Lauren, everybody, come on. Really song. putting herself out there when I make her. If you, if you listen to the lyrics on this song, it's like the worst pickup lines ever. Oh, dude, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Listen to this. Take a look at me. Tell me, do you like what you see? Imagine saying this to a girl. Do you think you can do me? Would that ever work? I think you would have to like rappel into the room and like a, like with a fog machine going hey, for any of this to work. Take a look at me. You like what you see? You want to do me? Like that's how you approach the girl. <laughs> okay, so this album this album came out in 1990, but when like this is the most 80s fucking thing. I've, like I just hear <laughs> the movie Total Recall when I hear this song. This was very. This was a fresh sound. Yeah, this is uh, this is called New Jack Swing. Yeah, the name of this genre of music. This was sort of its own thing. It was, but New Jack Swing was a little bit was part of it. Okay. Yeah. Take off your clothes and leave on your shoes. Because she has bad feet. It's so funny because like it gets more half-assed as it goes along. Like he could be saying anything, right? But this beat is so kick-ass that it just well, carries it. Let's rewind this part. The the, the first rap on this song, the first rap is it kind of harkens back to the Fresh Prince again. It's coming up right here. I think. It's right after this. Okay. Girl, let your hair down. Leave on your shoes. Let me just stare at you for a while, creepily. <laughs> and here comes the rap. Backstage underage? Adolescent. It really doesn't seem like they had anything written down when here's, they went into the studio. Here's what he says. He says, backstage, underage, adolescence, probably some 12-year-old runaway. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, Will Smith just dropped her off here. I don't know how to do that. Here's the interaction. How you doing? Fine. I side. I like to do the wild thing. Just imagine that. Imagine you go up to a, a, an underage girl and you're like, how you doing? She goes, fine. You're like... I like to do the wild thing. <laughs> you just sigh to yourself. Do the wild 
and then action took place after that. Like there are, there were porno directors hearing this song. You know, it seems a little unrealistic. Yeah, the way it goes. Because you're just gonna jump right into bed with them. But like. The, so it kind of devolves as the song goes along because it's like there's like there'll be some rapping and stuff, right. and then the guy in the background he's just saying things that he wants to do. He's <laughs> just like, "Oh, girl, I like fucking. Oh, I like it when I put my dick inside you in your main orifice and then thrust in and out. Oh, hell." Yeah, maybe I'm gonna light some candles. Maybe I'm not gonna. Maybe we're just fucking the door. Oh, never mind the candles. We're just gonna do it out here behind this gas station. You wanna get in my car? I'm just kidding. I drive a rickshaw. Come on back, we'll fuck in the back of my rickshaw. In my parents' three-car garage. <laughs> this rickshaw's a rocket. <laughs> well, my mom caught me fucking in a three-car garage. <laughs> a runaway. A 12-year-old runaway. Parents just don't understand. See, this was like, if you listen to rap, and you want to hear anything rap-related, you had to listen to urban radio. Yeah. Right? But they didn't play rap. They would, but they started playing this stuff, which was someone would rap a verse, like Bobby Brown, right? Would yeah, rap yeah. A verse, or they would rap. So you would or like, well, like, uh, like I, I was really into Prince, and like I, picked, I got the Love Symbol album, and that was where he kind of fell into that trap. Like right. he has uh, My Name Is Prince on yeah, yeah, there, where, yeah. which is where he lets the revolution do all this rapping and shit. Right. Yeah, there was an era where everyone had to have like a verse, just one verse, mm-hmm. just a song, but they had that verse. And then the, the funny thing to me is. Like, if you listen to, like, R&B radio, like, there's a lot of... People talk about this, like, hey, man, you get a girl home, put on this album, you're getting late, right? Like, there's a lot of stuff, and then this comes out. No chance to get late with it. Hey, take a look at me. Let me ask you a question. Hey, girl, how do you like my one-bedroom apartment? Just say it, right? I can just moan it. I only have one lamp in here, but I could drape a cloth over it if it makes it sexier. <laughs> like, you can say anything in that space. It, just, it doesn't have to rhyme. Right. You fill that space, and as long as it's sort of adjacent to the topic of fucking, like, right. it's fine. Well, women just love it when you bang, you know? <laughs> That's what it is. He's just begging. He just wants their attention. He'll say whatever it takes. Oh, do you want to see my penis? No, okay, I'm sorry about that. I want to go home now. Please don't call the cops. I like to do the little help thing. Try that. Just walk up to girls and start courting Belvis of all this. You see how far that is. Do you wanna do me? But I loved this song and this album. I kind of I like this song. I, I'm not gonna lie, I still like this song. Yeah, do me, poison, uh, yeah, uh, uh, etc. <laughs> dope. I don't know. There was a song called Dope on that album. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I, I, I believe you. The song called Rickshaw. <laughs> you didn't even know. That. Wow, that's weird. You didn't even know that. That is a weird coincidence. All right, so we just got one more song left on here, and this is see, this is what changed me. Yeah, yeah. There's a real left turn here, and you can kind of see how he progressed into a guy who looks like this. Right. From this. Right. No thin beard for me. <laughs> Senior year. Senior year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is Lithium by Nirvana off their seminal 1991 release, Nevermind. Uh, this peaked at 64 on the Billboard Hot 100. This is a song about a man who's experiencing a lot of different emotions. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know why I was looking at my notebook. I just made that up. Oh, I thought you were reading like the Wikipedia. <laughs> That's where I got all this other shit. Right. So this particular song, like, I was, I mean, I was, I was a white kid growing up in the suburbs. I loved this album when I was 14, 15. I remember having an argument where this song and Rape Me were the objects under discussion, where I was arguing with, like, nah, Kurt Cobain really is a great lyricist. And they're like, he's just making shit up. Uh Uh-huh. And what what song were you, uh... Like defending. I was defending both of them. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't get it, man. <laughs> well, what do you think now? You, you think he's a great lyricist? I think this is a guy who's so happy. <laughs> I think the lyrics on this song are great. I you don't get it, man. I, I think they're fine. I mean, like, it, I don't think any rock lyrics really hold up under examination. Like, well, yeah. There's, there's no elves yeah. in this one. You know? <laughs> That's fair. There's no medieval. Yeah, reference. but I like it anyway. <laughs> right. This was, the, the interesting thing was, when people say, like, Nirvana changed music, you know, sometimes it's overblown, but it did have a profound change uh, on, or effect on me. Yeah. And it was because it, 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 I was 17, I was 16 when this came out. I hadn't yet, no, I was 17, it came out in October of 91. And I was like, oh yeah, feelings. Yeah. I can have feelings. I've been burying those under, uh... <laughs> Bell Biv DeVoe for the right. past few years. Thank Almighty. Because the only feeling when I was even Girl, I'm so depressed, I just wanna do heroin and yell about it. You should just scat for an hour doing that. <laughs> no, that was the first episode. No, that was the first episode. <laughs> but I can pull that song out for you if you want. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't know what kind of we'll, we'll walk off on it, don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> But I've always been like an emotionally withdrawn guy. Yeah. Right? Like you, you, then, now I was kind of uh, an apathetic, of course, not very connected to things. Like the music that came before that, I think even the most distant sixteen-year-old still has, still feels sex drive, right? Even right. The most unfeeling person still wants to. There's no. They're age. still like, what the fuck? Yeah. Right. What's going? There's no asexual sixteen-year-old. Right. You'll get some asexual people who are like 40, like they just give it up, they get cancer. Well, I, that's yeah. not true. I mean, there are asexual, most people call them gay, but like they, <laughs> they are, at that <laughs> age, they're just asexual. It's just like, yeah, he just doesn't want to. But they don't show it, but they've got the hormones. Right, going. yeah. So the person who's distant and withdrawn, the only feeling that really makes its way out is sex. Right, wanting to, to think about stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was right. that was uh, the son of Sam and all right. that. Right, son of yeah. Sam and right. all those guys. Yeah, yeah. All the, all the greats. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Pantheon. Right, I could go on. No, I went to college in Washington State. I don't right, know. Ted Bundy, right. So, at some same point... Same college as me. Right, same college. And yeah, University of Puget Sound. Yeah. He only did one semester. I did eight times as much. 
Uh, you are, uh, so he dropped out. Yeah. Yeah. So you you did better than Ted Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I talked that fucker. For sure. You guys, he couldn't even hack it at that school. He wasn't even a smart school. Get it? Hack it? No, he didn't. But he was, he was a bludgeoner, so it doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a plaque in the quad about him. That's not true. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Remember our famous alumnus, Ted Theodore Bundy? There's a bust of him. He's got a wing there. The Bundy wing. It's just tally marks. That's his Vietnam award. It's just tally marks. So... Yeah, we so. did, like, we wandered in. This is, like, we're getting near the end of the show, too, so I don't want to dig a serial killer, a serial killer be... hole, which in comedy terms is known as a shallow grave. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that should be, like, the like the Iraq War Memorial, because no one gave a shit about that war, just a bunch of tally marks. <laughs> see, this is the public enemy influence. Oh, so. you made it worse no. than when we were talking no. about serial murders. I'm, I'm just arguing. I'm making a point. So it's just, and I'm talking about the apathy toward that. But anyway, uh, in the 80s... Elvis! Was, ain't was, nothing but a racist! <laughs> Sorry. He, he retracted that later. Okay. Um, in the 80s, everything was fun. And even, like, the music, like, I'm 13 was in Public Enemy. It was more for, like, the beat and shit. Right. Everything was fun. And then, like, 92 hits, or 91 hits, and it's all like, oh, yeah, yeah, disaffected youth, man. And we just fucking dove right in. And yeah. It, and Nirvana and like Pearl Jam are my favorite band to this day. I've seen them live like 18 times. Oh, wow. I still go to see them every time they tour. Sure. But it was almost like that revelation, like, oh, shit, I have, I have feelings. Did you see Nirvana before uh, Cobain? No. I was, that summer, he died in 94. That summer they were going to headline Lollapalooza, and I was probably going to go to that show. Was that like, when that happened, what was, like, what was that like? Because I, I, I can't even really imagine, because I grew up with Nirvana where he was already dead. So. It was a huge shock. Yeah. Like, even though we talk about suicide all the time. Right. It's songs, literally, one song had the line, look on the bright side, suicide. Like, it's, yeah. it's all over the place. Right, he was, kind of, he was leaving breadcrumbs, for oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But, it, you know, you don't actually, you don't think, you don't think Yeah, you just thought he was from Seattle. You think, like, oh, he's over it now. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Seattle. They all talk like that. That's what they talk like that. They all talk like that. I can vouch for that. They do, yeah. So when he died, I remember I was in the car that Pearl Jam was playing at the Patriot Center that night. Okay. Which I didn't go to. But uh, I was in the car, and they were like, oh, body was found at Kurt Cobain's house. And I was like, oh, one of his friends OD'd. Rock star. Uh And then I didn't find out until later, like, like four or five hours later, that he had died. And it was a total shock. Like, no one could believe it. It was... It was. I mean, people talk about Lennon and all that. John Lennon died. Right. It was like that. Was yeah, like, which was, really wasn't that big of a deal when you think about it. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. No, I was like, hey, man. but listen, when Cobain, that was right. the real thing. Right. Not no. like that idiot. John Lennon died. <laughs> Ted Bundy's like, really? Who am I for but uh, but then but when Nirvana came out, it really was like a, a like a shift. People always say like, let me watch those shows where these music pundits are like, right. he knocked Michael Jackson off the top. Yeah, of the it'll top. show like Brett Michaels going like, right. oh man, when right. Nirvana came out. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't about Michael Jackson. Like music journalists care about charts. Mm-hmm. They're gonna say Michael Jackson had the number one album. And oh Nirvana yeah, yeah. that's always the yeah. for us. It was the end of hair metal. And right, like just party music. Yeah, and it was like that had gotten to such an extreme, like all the fucking power ballads. 
and you know, like uh, Warrant and all these bands you've maybe never heard of. Rats. <laughs> yeah, Cherry Pie is like. Aside from what was the band? Where the, what was the band where the guy had a chainsaw solo? Do you know what I'm Jackal. talking? Yes. What the fuck? Like that was when someone seriously had to be like, no, right. no, we're done. Right. Motley Crue poison. Yeah, it's like a song where the so- it's the solo is like, <laughs> like that's the whole fucking. And then he, he builds a chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he actually he saws the wood, builds the guitar, and finishes the solo. And the guitar he just built. That's not real. I would actually have so much respect for that guy. I would go if that guy was like performing outside the Chinatown Metro Station. I would throw some cash in his hat. Give him like fifty cents in his chainsaw case. <laughs> chainsaw case. <laughs> And then, you, and then you watch them play guitar, you're like, I have that But all those bands, when Nirvana came along, we, again, we didn't have any nod to like the 70s, like the Who or Zeppelin. We had, if you had an older brother who listened to classic rock, maybe, right. but there was no reference to that. Was, sure. The 60s were such a distant memory, even though it wasn't that long ago. Uh, so when Nirvana came out, I was like, oh, music can sound different. Yeah. It, it doesn't always have to sound like that processed drum beat. Girls, 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 bullshit, or yeah. some power ballad where people hold up their lighters and shit. It was a revelation. It changed everything. I still listen to rap. Though. Like I still, I'm into both. So who are your guys now in terms of rap music? The Roots. Okay. Uh, that's probably my number one. I, I like Nas. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know. It's just uh, I like older shit. I like. I still like. I don't like a lot of. I don't like the newer shit. Okay. Yeah. But and, and I, yeah, I, like you said, you just get stuck yeah, at some you point. You stop. don't digest new music. Yeah. Or, and, and you don't want to hear what 20-year-olds have to say anymore. Right. You don't give a shit. Uh, but uh, rock music the same way. It all is all like from the early 90s. Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's that's basically our show. I think we've run the gamut here. We've, we've, uh, we've really covered all our bases. You feel good about it? I feel pretty good. The Dick Almighty to lithium. <laughs> uh, so you you have your own podcast, Three Guys On. Threeguyson.com. Okay. Uh, three, the number three of the word three. It's me and two other comedians, uh, Randolph Terrence and Tim Miller, although he's been not there a lot lately. Okay. Uh, we've had some fill-in guests. He's got some other shit going he on. He had a baby. Uh, so, like that, a, a girl that he made love yeah. to had a baby. <laughs> a girl with his seven inch. That was the creepiest way that I could have said that. He, they say he made love to a woman <laughs> with his with his seven inch seven long by eight. Yeah. <laughs> seven by eight. Possible show. You know, there was one guy who heard that song and like that's. He made that a stereotype of right. black people. Like, <laughs> they got giant square penises. I think. I, the guy in Two Life Crew who rapped that verse was the Asian one, I think. Oh, seriously? There's an Asian guy in Two Life Crew. Yeah. Oh, well, that is true about Asian guys. They have seven by eight. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they have, like, the metric system, so it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different measure. All right, guys, give it up for my guest, Danny Klein. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, that's our show. As always, uh, for stand-up dates and more info on Sadness Town, you can find me online at davidtwitey.com. That's T-V-E-I-T-E. It makes no fucking sense, I know. But thank you guys so much for coming out. Have a good night. Everybody hug. Sadness Town. Don't tell me what to do. Nobody tells you what to do. No exceptions. Yeah. Yes. And remember, nothing's going to be okay. Have a good night.